0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Empathy Podcast with Leanne Butterworth. Today we're speaking with AJ Roberts and we're going to explore empathy and mental health in the armed forces. So not only are we are going to learn about their experience and how we can better support our vets, but we're going to learn about how their experience can help us, what we can learn from them to help us while we're all in isolation during COVID-19. It's a really interesting discussion. I hope you stay with me. This is the Empathy Podcast with Leanne Butterworth. Hey AJ, welcome, welcome,
1: welcome. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're very, very welcome. So, today's about uh, empathy and mental health in the armed forces. So, what's your background in that space?
1: Yeah, so uh, I joined the British Army in 2001. Um, it was pretty much an ultimatum, really. I was looking at going to jail. Um, for being a bit of an idiot. Um, I I was uh, destined to be a professional footballer um, in in England. and I got injured, uh, sort of injured my knee and then I got let go basically by the youth development system. Um, That was like the end of my whole world. It's all I knew. So uh, I went down a slippery slope of drink, um, like drugs, you know, the usual sort of things people get into in the wrong crowds. Uh, and then I found myself uh, in the docks in court looking at jail sentence with a couple of other guys. And because I talked to the lawyer about wanting to join the British Army because my stepdad was in the army and I grew up around it. Um, he brought that up in, in court and uh, they, they said basically I've I've got, uh, I think it was like three weeks to join the, the army as in officially do all the paperwork and everything else like that, or I'm going to get sent down with my mates and my two other friends got sent down. And, um, yeah, so I, uh, it was a bit of a no brainer really. Um, mm. so, but it was one of the best decisions I made. So obviously I joined the forces and then every, all the fun stuff that came with it. So, um, I did a total of 15 years, uh, completing tours of Iraq and Afghanistan traveled the world uh, in you know, venture training uh, all over Europe, you know, been to Canada and America, uh, places like that, everything from sailing to rock climbing. Um, but then obviously you've got like the, uh, the soldiering parts of it, which, you know, can be particularly arduous, like uh, no matter what, what rank you are really. So I completed tours of like Iraq and Afghanistan as, you know, regular like sort of private soldier, you know, at a, a bot on the ground, so to speak, and then uh, done tours as a commander, um, where I was in charge of like a multiple of like twelve guys um, at any one time on the ground. You know, in charge of like or looking after their lives and their welfare as well as my own. So it can be quite demanding. Um, I've, I've, at my twelve year point, I uh, I got an opportunity to move out to Australia, um, and I'd just come back from Afghanistan, and it was. A very kinetic tour so uh, we lost a lot of guys i lost uh i lost one of my own boys um and it was uh you know as well as other horrific incidents but uh getting get, get caught up in um, i thought it was a good time having been a commander on the ground in wartime situation to take the opportunity up uh, and move out to us and um yeah we uh we moved to the gold coast uh, which you know we still speak to our friends on a sort of daily, weekly basis. You know we have ups- you know the times in England when the weather is just rubbish uh, <laughs> and it's just relentless rain, and we're just like oh my god, get me on a plane now. Um, and to be honest, like the f- flights are looking really cheap at the minute, <laughs> um, so it's, it is quite tempting. But uh, yeah, we, we we lived in Australia in the Gold Coast for nearly three years and. I opened my own gym on the Gold Coast, and uh, unfortunately, we got like screwed over um, by some pretty nasty and sort of vindictive people. Um, yeah, and it affected my whole visa and left us like high and dry, and left us high and dry with no, no money and no income. And we had no choice but to return back to UK with literally the bags on our back. So, um, you know, we we don't leave leave any regrets. Uh, it was a very hard pill to swallow very hard um you know everything we built up the, our dream life everything was literally just gone um, and that was
0: you and partner and kids or
1: yeah yeah me my wife and kids yeah um so i had to uproot them out of their schools my wife out of her job everything and for visa reasons legal reasons i had to come back to uk uh, yeah. otherwise we would we would have been illegal immigrants <laughs> um oh. yeah um so it was really really difficult um moved back to england in 2015 and then uh the best and easiest thing to do was um to get a roof back over our head and get us back on our feet was rejoin the military because they were crying out for for people to rejoin so it was quite a quick process and i was in back in quite quickly uh like literally like i've been on a holiday so i went straight back in kept the same rank i literally just like got a week uh you know like basic uh kit and everything else like that just to get back into work yeah um, had a really brief medical and I was like straight back into it. Um, so yeah, and then I, I was in for, I was in for another, like two and a half years before I left, uh, because I've got an injury in my shins, okay. um, which stop would stop me from promoting, uh, and going further in my career. So I wasn't prepared to sit around like, cause I'm a very ambitious person. Uh, I wasn't prepared to sit around for another sort of eight years in the same rank while all my friends like, you know, went off in their careers. Yeah. Up into up into the higher tiers and that and um, yeah and it it's it served its purpose you know it's a it's an amazing platform to project your life you know the personal development opportunities are fantastic the life experiences you know are second to none uh, you know good and bad unfortunately but um, and it's something i recommend to a lot of people because it brings out you know the very best in you or can do if you really if you really utilise it. Uh, and, um, you know, having friends in the Australian military is, you know, quite similar.
0: Yeah. So then you left the armed forces in 2016, did you? And then...
1: No, 2018 I left. 2018 yeah.
0: you went left. So then yeah. what are you doing now? What did you do after you left in 2018?
1: Well, I spent the, the... So basically it takes roughly like 12 months for you to leave. So you you basically sign off in the military and then uh, you've got like a 12-month period where that's your time really to start getting yourself ready to get out. Um, Uh, uh,
0: obviously
1: obviously you don't stop working, obviously you still carry on normal, normal jogging and stuff. But, um, I spent very much that whole time literally hammering personal development. So I, uh, I completed a, a level seven, uh, in executive coaching and mentoring, uh, which in Australia is like equivalent to like a master's degree. Yep. Um, like working at that level so um, coaching has been a very very big part of my life obviously having the gym in Australia and even previous to that like coaching like boxing strength and conditioning football um, you know all that all the different all these dis- disciplines uh, mixed martial arts and stuff like that
0: yeah
1: uh, so I've always I've always had that sort of like coaching background um, so it's good to uh, and even as a like a commander in the military you know you're always like coaching and mentoring your men and, and your women Uh, and it's, it's a lot of transferable skills there. So, you know, being able to put that into a package, uh, was something I was quite keen on doing. So that's what I've done. I've built, you know, start building up that brand, uh, of myself, um, and, and on all my coaching abilities. Uh, so that's why I set up my own sort of coaching platform and, uh, and my own podcast. So, um, because purely, obviously, the you know, it's like exactly like you're doing now. The podcast is a great way to share a lot of value and a lot of great content with uh, people en masse and have a positive impact on people. And that's always been a huge thing for me.
0: What's your podcast called and what's it about? Uh,
1: so my podcast is called uh, The Best Version of You. Um, and it's something that I have preached for years. Um, so when I was thinking about aim for it, Um, my wife said like, you know, why don't you call it the best version of you? So what you're always banging on about. Um, and I was like, yeah, well, that's brilliant. No brainer. So, um, I'm already like, I'm already like all all in on that sort of that slogan, you know, so it's, yeah. So it's, it's a lot easier to sell it. Um, you know, tell people this is what, this is what you should try and do every day. Um, it's all part of our, it's all part of our personal growth and our personal development journeys. Um, so, yeah, just being the best version of you each day is um, doesn't mean you need to <clears throat> like jump out of a plane because you suddenly think you need to conquer your fear of heights and stuff like that. It's just about making sort of better decisions and how you approach things, deal with things uh, and move forward with things. Um, and obviously mental health has a big part to play in that. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's actually the podcast has been going really, really well and it's going from strength to strength. And I'm awesome. getting a lot of good guests on. Um, I've had a lot of veterans on because okay. I've, I've got a lot of friends that have been badly injured in, in war, uh, you know, have lost legs and uh, but right. gone on to represent gone on to represent our country in like powerlifting and, you know, different sports in Paralympics and stuff like that. So it's – I'm keen to like – Share those mindset levels with people, um, and how you can, you know, take snippets and nuggets and stuff like that from people from all walks of life, and sort of implement them in your implement them in your own lives, and you know, which will help you be the best version of you. So, it's uh, it's, having a podcast is a great tool for that.
0: That's fantastic. So, um, so I guess what I, I'm curious about then is when we when we talk about the mental health and empathy for in the armed services and for the armed services you guys have a lot of relationships that you would need to manage so i mean just off the top of my head it was for your peers for civilians um for your family um for those that you would come in contact with when you are um on tour Mm -hmm. people when you come back that would be a very different mindset so let's have a bit of a play in in that space now because um when we talk about when you were in the armed forces what is i mean if we start with what is it that you absolutely loved about is there anything because you hear a lot of guys talk about being on tour as being a really positive experience is that Mm. is was it like that for you
1: yeah i mean if you um the, the british army's changed a hell of a lot since afghanistan's closed down um, and I'd, I'd imagine it's exactly the same for australian guys uh if if you ask any of my friends and peers and colleagues who were uh, done afghanistan tours when it was a, it's like most kinetic um majority of them would go back in a heartbeat even really? though that you yeah even though that you've got all those potential dangers and threat to life um a lot of it is is geared to um, geared to the fact that you're you're doing what you joined to do. Um, you know, all those personal goals and milestones that you wanted to get out of the army while you signed on the dotted line, uh, are being met, you know, all in the same period of time almost. And obviously, and the unfortunate thing is is that reality hits home sometimes when a close friend or a yeah, member risk of your team high yeah, the member of the team is either badly injured or, or, you know, fatally killed. Um, I, and it does happen. It's, it is the realities of war. It doesn't matter what part of the world you go into. You, the percentage of or chance of you coming back with nobody injured or killed is very, sl- very slim. No matter how good your equipment, uh, and your, um, and your tactics, because you know, you're going to a foreign land and you're fighting enemy on their own ground. so. You know they, they've always got that like slight upper hand in terms of like knowing the grounds and the fact yeah. that uh, like they did on on a daily basis in Afghanistan they just they watch you and watch you watch you they know what your rules of engagement are they know that like they're not, they, they know that you're not just gonna shoot them because they look dodgy Um because that's against like laws you know laws of armed conflict so yeah. Uh, they they know that like they could take a couple of shots at you and run off, and you can't shoot them in the back because they're no longer a threat. You know they they know everything. Uh, they watch all your tactics. It's it's like they're very very like I mean, I'm I'm making reference to like Afghanistan here. Yes. Uh the, the Taliban and people like that. They're very very clever people. You know they might not have they might not have a, a, a pot to piss in, but they literally they're remarkably clever people. Um, yeah and it's shown on many occasions and a lot of uh bad situations i was caught up in where they'd uh you know set traps and stuff like that so it's um yes yeah, so like in terms of uh, the war fight in afghanistan and stuff like that it's uh you know you ask any any veteran if uh you had to go back there and with the same guys and stuff like that and do do three months would you do it I, I guarantee you probably about 99% of people would say, yeah, with well, that in a heartbeat.
0: So is it, it's obviously more than just your training. So there would be like, that serves as a, almost a protective factor. So there would be your training. There would also be um, your own ambition and things like that. But what else is there that would be, because to me that sounds shit scary that, and, yeah. and because I am a, a useless muggle that lives in Australia. But so there would be your training, there would be your own, I guess, personality, but what influence and what other aspects are there that are protective in terms of mental health and getting through this and getting to a point where you go, yeah, bring it on, I'd go back in a heartbeat?
1: Um, I think it's the camaraderie, the 100%. And that, that, that's what you don't get. Any, you don't get that anywhere, that level of camaraderie. Anywhere else in the world, even playing in a football team or in a rugby team or something like that. Like that, when you're in the middle of a firefight, you and your mates that you train with, live with, and everything, and you're all getting rounds down, and someone's shouting like fire control orders of where the enemy are, and it's all like proper, full on, you know, cr- a, a craziness, and you come out at the end of it unscathed the other side, and then that you all, you know, and you're all looking at each other and you all know, like that was some awesome shit. Like yeah. that. And that, when le- the level of camaraderie, you you know, you're like the ultimate team then. Do you know what I mean? And just that, yeah. that particular, those particular moments, uh, take your, like take your level of efficiency and your productivity as a, as a unit and a team, like right up there, because, gotcha. um, you just got that huge bond that you'll never get, I don't think in any other situations in, in life
0: so uh, and that's, that's
1: what people I... miss. That's, was... that's what people, yeah. And it's the same in any army. It's the same in Americans, Canadians, Australians. It's that, it's that, that's what, what people struggle with when they leave is the, that, that they're missing that raw camaraderie don't get in anywhere else in the world uh, or any other walks of life yeah, that, you, that you do in the military. That's what people struggle with when they get out the most.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, I I mean when we sort of talk about the vets here we don't so much talk about that camaraderie but that sense of purpose and oh the mm. guys want to be busy and they want to have a sense of purpose and as much as there are groups who are trying to get that for them and we understand that because being idle is a huge challenge mm. It it seems really hard to you can have guys around you but it's putting your life in their hands and them having put their life in your hands that you yeah like you said you can't replicate Mm. so if we talk about transition really quickly what is it that that can i mean you seem to have transitioned quite well
1: Mm. yeah and i did i did because i did it all myself i think i was the um I, t- I took complete control of everything so in the in the british forces you have like uh, career transition programs and career transition workshops that you know take you through writing cvs and like all this kind of stuff and um i find that although they're good services of people they're um they're again they're doing everything for you so you're turning up at a time that you need to be there for you're then being told this is how you write your cv this is how you do this this is how you do that and then people are you're not taking control of anything yourself um, and then people then get towards the end of the time and I see it on a daily weekly basis on like um, on veterans groups now where people are getting out soon and they still haven't managed to find any sniffs of particular jobs and stuff like that. it's just because they've been doing it all wrong they've been sat there waiting for somebody to give them a call and stuff like that and you've got to you've got to take a grip of your own life very quickly And that's why it's important to use, like, for us that that whole year that you've got to get out. Um, And so I I did everything for myself, everything from getting my CV out to people. Um, I mean, I I left the army and I'd already got coaching clients, uh, online coaching clients um, that were paying me anyway. But it's not like, it's not enough to replicate your wage. And then all of a sudden you've got to pay like a, a mortgage on a house and stuff like that not, you're not living in military family housing and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's all subsidized. It's, um, so you, you need to learn about all that stuff and get a grip of that very quickly. And the, the more control you have over it all, the, uh, the, the better it is. I think if you're heavily reliant on too many people and just that it's just because you, you're leaving a, a very much, a, a didactic, um, environment where it's like i say you do uh and that's what the military is and that's why a lot of military people just like to try and join the police or something that's regimented still you know what i mean they're part of a belonging aren't they they're part of a. they they feel like they've got a purpose they're part of a team and stuff like that and they can just slot straight back into there yeah um and they 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 often don't care about the financials they just like need to be in feel and need to be in that environment yeah. Um, where I think for me personally, because I've all, always been coaching in some aspect and mentoring, like that's always what I wanted to do. So uh, that's why I did those qualifications that are on offer. And again, utilising all the personal development and educational things that are out there, um, whether it's here or you know in, in Australia is absolutely vital. I'm sure if you speak to a lot of Australian troops as well, the ones that find it difficult to come out, would be that difference in uh, not having the camaraderie there, the, the, the date, maybe probably the daily banter that you probably have, uh, having to curb your swearing um, because I don't know about Australia because everyone's like every second word, like swear word in Australia, which I, I kind of like, but uh, it doesn't, doesn't really wash here. Um, not that we're all, we're all posh toffee nose twats here like, but um, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's that's what people really struggle with i think so it's just it's getting control of it early yourself and control like owning your future um i think if you do that then if you do come across any problems and troubles and potential hurdles and that you're going to be in a better place to be able to overcome them otherwise you're just going to like climb up into a little ball expect you know wanting things to be done for you and and the opportunities to to get you out of there to come your way when we know it's like that
0: Do you think also if you've got that mentality, it would make it easier to seek help? Like if you're not sleeping or if you're drinking or if you've got, I'm going to say, nightmares or things like that. I mean, I've got a friend who has told me his experiences. Would it make it easier to get help if you've got that sense of control and still that sense of camaraderie? Or Yeah. Yeah because yeah
1: because people people uh, a lot of people who um and this is from personal experience and speaking to people that have been suffering a long time and you, you wouldn't have even known um a lot of the time is a because they're very very um or they're, they're massive introverts anyway they're not like uh like very outgoing
0: yeah.
1: um kind of they kind of the quiet man the gray man uh they've got very low self-esteem um you know their their confidence is just completely shot. So all those things, you know, stirred up in a bowl together, like cr- create this uh person that just doesn't want to talk or come out of their shell or anything. So everything just eats them eats them up inside. Yeah. um That's why I've always found that, especially in the military environment. And if you ask uh, a lot of if you ask a lot of people who have been to seek help and haven't found it very productive, a lot of the time it's because because it's such a quite a niche thing you know going to war and experiencing trauma um, whether that be civilians killed friends killed um or even you know family members um yeah. it's quite a niche area so yeah. it, you could have a, a psychologist or a specialist with all the certificates in the world yeah. around their office but they've they've not they just don't know exactly what that person's been through and all the people that I've helped personally over the last two, three years uh, has been because I've been in those situations. And the fact that I know that I can, I know that I can relate to them straight away is what's brought their guard down and actually allow people to open up. Um, so I find we, we call it like, we call it pulling up a sandbag and, uh, and having a chat with your, with your mate. Um, and that's as simple as it is. Um, I, I just done a podcast episode recently with a couple of guys in the UK called uh, all Call cool signs. They're called really, really good. And um, they both suffered mental health problems and off the back of that, they set up this business. And what they've done is they've created like these uh, they're like beacons around the whole country and they've got like immediate, um, immediate responses go out to police units. So as soon as a veteran goes missing or is reported missing, and is suicidal obviously they get called straight away and then they've uh they managed to like use their resources and they've out of 82 uh, serious calls in the last like 12 months they've saved 76 lives mo- out of 82. um yeah and it's be- the majority of it is because and they shared this in quite a lot of detail in the episode is that they, they know what the people are going through. Um, and that's what's the difference between them jumping off that bridge or like smashing those pills or, or unfortunately, you know, using a rope, um, and, and then, and then not doing it. So I think that's a key thing. Um, and I think a lot of more agencies and stuff like that are using that approach. They're they're bringing in actual ex-military members to help them with those kind of, uh, those incidents got like help for heroes, which is like the biggest one. Um, we've, you know, combat stress, uh, you know, there's some really good organizations out there that do, 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 they do really well. Unfortunately, we probably on a weekly basis still have a veteran taking their own life. Um, it's, it's difficult and I've talked about a lot and I think it's, it's, matter where you are in the world, it's trying to it's trying to get it's that window, that small window, where they're literally they're tipped over that edge and gone like, right, I've got no purpose here, I'm doing it. And it's like they're actually physically doing it. It's just it's trying to cut that window out. It's just it's like, how do you do that? That's the difficult part.
0: Yeah. Because like you just said, um, there's that empathy that you guys are desperate for, like that real, I know what that's like. I've been there. I'm I know what that's like um whereas for the friends and family at home we don't know what it's like so i have Mm. a friend love him dearly he disappears from time to time and he's told me about things that are in his mind and in his memory and i i'm always sort of wondering oh i wonder if i haven't heard from him in a few months because of something really bad or if he's just disappeared because he says he goes on walkabout which is he just goes he disappears into the bush for a while and i don't know like what is it that friends and family can say because i mean i'm all about empathetic language everything i do is about empathetic language and it would in my mind i've no business telling you what you should just do i've no business telling anybody what they should just do But telling people that they're important and they're cared for and that they're loved and that they're um, valued, Mm. is that enough or is there more that we should be doing? Because you should just go get a job or you should just call a friend is probably not going to help anybody. But letting you know that you are important and valued and loved and visible and cherished and all those things, does that make a difference to return vets?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, like... yeah definitely would um, I think the worst thing family and friends could do is suddenly think like I have no idea what this guy's gone through or girl's gone through and just go like we need to see a specialist like do you know yeah, what I mean it's like that's probably the worst that. yeah, yeah I, and I can understand why some people feel like that because it could be quite overwhelming like oh like shit I do you know how am I supposed to speak to this guy who's been to war and witnessed all this horrific stuff mm. um, but at the same time they you know people need to be need to be there for them, and just more importantly like make that person know that um that it's not weak to speak it is they they are there to as a shoulder to cry on if they want to and like just keep emphasizing that they're there. That's all they need to do really they they might not use them as a person to speak to you, but at least know that they're there the Where people go wrong is that they shut the the veterans out because it's like saying overwhelming and it's not they don't necessarily do it um, straight away or you know they they, they very much uh, they don't realize they're doing it half the time but it's just like subconsciously they're like well I don't know how to handle this person so like I'll just step away Um, and if you just if you don't just make yourself present for that person um, it makes it so much more difficult so the more people are present for that person the, the easier it is, and you know you're you're winning that battle in respect straight away. Um, it's then getting that person to talk. Um, nine times out of ten, you hear about veterans who commit suicide, and it's been totally out of the blue. Um, and the majority of the time, it's because that person's and immediate surroundings have uh, have been very hard for him to, to adjust to, uh, and they haven't um they just haven't told anybody about it and that's the thing you know going from that that peer group of like-minded individuals you know that camaraderie that banter that everything into a a civilian job where uh, you know honestly no one gives a shit what rank you were in the army you know in in civilian in civilian street Uh, even if you're like a warrant officer or sergeant major and that like no one cares in civilian street they and that's what a lot of people with your full career struggle with um you know I've, I've got a friend who often mutters it sometimes he's like well, I, was, I was a bloody warrant officer in the army oh. like you know, pe- people should treat me with a bit more respect so i'm like yeah but you weren't there you've never been their warrant officer No,
0: you know, and we don't know what that means anyway like yeah we don't yeah we don't know ranks we don't know yeah that's a different world
1: yeah just because just because you, you know you got to scream at like 60 blokes with your, with your pace stick and like threaten to ram it in their ears and ride around the parade square, like a motorcycle, uh, which is like, which is one of the best sayings I've ever heard. Um, That, you know, you can't, you you can't speak to people like that either. You can't get away with stuff like, like it's just having to change that whole mentality in the way you are as a person. I think that that, that's what people struggle with is like feeling that they need to suddenly be somebody else.
0: Well, is that, to me that sounds then like ego. So they've yeah, yeah. They've come into it with ego. They expect to come out of it with this ego intact that doesn't really apply.
1: Yeah. On yeah. the
0: other side.
1: Yeah, and that's why people struggle. Like and yeah, I, I see I see posts on like veterans groups all the time of like people saying like, Oh, someone didn't really appreciate it when I said this, this and this today. Like Aww. Oops. Um and it'd be you know something to do with like some kind of banter or some like kind of yeah. military military slang term and stuff like that. And like I mean, when when I first moved to Australia and I was running uh, like gym classes and stuff, uh, my wife sometimes had to in, interpret what I was saying because like I just throw these little military innuendos out there without yeah. even realizing it. Yeah. You know, and because so it, it's common nature.
0: So then, for for the families, I mean obviously the families would have to have empathy for the guys and girls while they're away and that's got to be hard. How do you guys, um, I guess, empathy the other way. How do you, when you come home, empathise with and understand the, the position and the experience of the families that have been at home when you come back, cause there would be, you would think this strange disjointed um, transition to you coming back into a household that you haven't been in for however long and we've coped without you and we've missed you. And um, like, how does that transition work when you come back?
1: I think it's all depends on the individual really uh, and like what their personality is like. So um, it, I think for me, the important thing for me was being with my family again and yeah. seeing my, seeing my kids who were, you know, quite young, you know, very young at the time. Um, and you just see the little changes in them and stuff like that. And all you want to, you know, and it was quite hard as well, like being in someone like Afghanistan and, you know, I've, uh, I've always been very kid friendly, you know, so even just like chucking sweets at some of the kids out there and stuff like that, And then, you know, it makes you miss your kids and stuff. And, yeah. So you you know, you appreciate all that stuff a lot. Um, some people just can't let go of being on tour with the lads, you know, they just want to get back out there after being home for two weeks. Yeah. Um, but I th- and I think some people wrongly come home and then compare their six month experience to yeah. like what their wife's six months experience is or partner's six month experience is and almost judge them and say, like, well, You've had it, you've, you've had six you've months had of TV easy. and this and that and <laughs> rah, 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 <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, whereas like I'll be get I'll be getting shot at, but I'm like, well oh, no you know, no 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 force you to join the army, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the way I see it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but you know, not a lot of the time wives and partners marry marry that service personnel while they're serving. So they're marrying into it as well. So that's yeah. like a big, huge, massive jump themselves, you know. And, like I got with my wife before I even joined the forces. So we, we met and uh, we went on our first date to watch American pie Two all those years ago. Oh my God. Uh, And you were still a footballer? uh, No, it's like after I was quite, I was kind of getting on the straight and narrow. Um, And yeah. And then, uh, and then I joined the army. So um, yeah, it's quite, and she's been with me ever since. So we, we got married and then, I was based in Germany uh, and yeah, we got married and then six weeks after we got married, I went to Iraq for six months.
0: I should do a podcast with her. That'd be, that'd be interesting. The wives of um, personnel.
1: Yeah. So she's uh, very experienced and all that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, I think it's all down to the individual. And um, I mean, the the UK forces try and do this uh, transitional thing where you do your after you finish your tour in Afghanistan on the way back to UK or, or to Germany, uh, you land in Cyprus and have like two days of uh decompression there where they let you get shit wow, faced and okay. f- <laughs> basically basically just like fight each other and get out of your system, um, yeah. before you go home. And like, so you, you know, because you 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 are an aggressive person oh, gotcha. when you go home, um, wow. you know, you can't and some people just go back, they're on edge because. They've been used to mortars landing in their, you know, the patrol base, or yeah. explosions happening daily, or rounds that sound of round cracking over your head and yeah. stuff like that like on a daily basis. Sometimes, you know, and if you hear similar sounds and you're at home, you just like it can make people very jumpy. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I met some police officers in the USA that said that they were like that. They were ex-marines. They were like that with fireworks. They're like they don't mm. go to they don't oh, yeah. go they don't go to the Iowa State Fair because of the fireworks. So what's the stigma, is there stigma of mental health and mental illness when you're in the forces, like when you're serving, when you're, or is that starting to be talked about? Or is it, if you even give a sniff that there's something, then you're like, you're taken away from your position. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, there's a, there's, there's, there's a good processes now that if you've got mental health problems that you go through, you know, you see the right people, there's a like a proper channel and everything you can go through. Um, whereas like several years ago there, I mean, there's always been like a mental health clinicians that you could speak to. Um, but no one ever would. It was just, it was like, if you, if you do, it's an ego thing, uh, you know, it's almost frowned upon to look weak and stuff like that. Whereas like uh, now, you know, the whole message of, um, it's, it's, it's not weak to speak is like really quite poignant. Um, and you've got lots of troops uh, and serving personnel who are seeking mental health advice, who have like not been on a tour or fired, you know, fired their weapon in anger or or yeah. particularly um, witnessed anything traumatic. Um, and that's another argument thing I see now. Is it's almost people almost think there's like, gotta be some kind of checkbox that you uh that you have to say oh well, yeah yeah you qualify for ptsd mate because gotcha. you've seen you know x y and said be murdered and blown up in front of you but it's not about that it's you know every everyone's different um well, I, I had a coaching client who uh was suffering quite mental health problems from seeing uh seeing his kids being born yeah. um and it's just that they class it as trauma you know like the blood and you know the the baby coming out and stuff like that was a, a traumatic incident for them um but yeah it's, That's it's not addressed it's,
0: very much Pete. like birth yeah. trauma in dads is not i mean birth trauma in mums is not addressed nearly as much as it should be but birth trauma in dads not addressed nearly enough
1: yeah and i, I think a lot nowadays because um i've had lots of conversations about this and the two and a half years that I was back in the army for, I've seen it a lot um, and I think it's got a lot to do with it. Is So well, people and young people in general, now they have so many social pressures um, and it doesn't matter whether you're in the army or a civilian or whatever, um, you know, you've only got, I only had to look at all the guys and girls just, you thought, you know, would be sat in a team round each other, chatting, laughing, joking now, but then, the, you know, everywhere you go, you just sit, they're just all sat there on their own phones, looking at what mm. the, everyone else is doing, yeah. do you know what I mean? And it's uh, that's, for me, that's the biggest problem, um, in in the military nowadays, the, there's nowhere near, as uh, like the te- the team camaraderie is nowhere near as robust as what it was okay. a lot of years ago. Yeah, and that, okay. that's everywhere, everywhere. Yeah,
0: And it's because yeah. of
1: the social pressures we live in. It's because people are more concerned about you know a snapchat of johnny that they went to school with 12 years ago that they don't even speak to rather than the person who they live with and train with is sat right next to them
0: that's tiktok now keep up um oh
1: yeah (laughs) i don't
0: know so (laughs) i mean and i think that's part of the discussion i mean especially that that i use in my workshops is about that vulnerability plus stress Everybody has an underlying vulnerability and we don't yeah. know what that is. We don't know what somebody has gone through and we don't know what level of stress it would take for them to become stuck in an emotion for them to, for their, I call it their bucket. So we've got a, for their bucket to overflow. Um, and I think, especially when you talk about social media, there's so much and it's coming from every angle and I'm even finding it like this week These last two weeks is there is so much coming in. There is so much coming in, and not only about the danger and the the threat and washing your hands and stuff, but now I'm getting, I mean, I've got a seven and a nine-year-old. I'm now getting it every which way about homeschooling and what Mm. I should be doing. And there's just this barrage of um information coming and the things that I'm meant to do and the things and how things are meant to look, and you're like, oh, my God. And like everybody who's listening knows, my favorite words are should and just. And it's coming everywhere for me. (laughs) It's like, oh, you should just go on this app, and you should just set a routine, and you should just – and you're like, oh, and you should just hug them more, and you should just let them do anything they like. And you – ah. So for me, I'm finding that just completely overwhelming, and that's purely coming out of my phone. Um, and it's that, and I think we'll talk about this in a second, but it's that having to deal with your own stuff. So for you guys who are returning, having to deal with whatever that is, having to deal with your own stuff and then having to deal with your family stuff as well. So at the moment I'm having to deal with work stuff and personal stuff and washing hands stuff, but I've also got a seven year old with, um, moods. And I've got Mm. a nine-year-old who's a perfectionist and I've got people who need to have snacks and I've got people who need to be homeschooled and I've got emails and I've got, so it's that being able to be empathetic and understanding for other people when you've got so much going on in Mm. the first place, like between your own ears. So that feels, and it feels amplified lately, but it feels hard to juggle so what how do you sort of play in that space
1: um i think at the minute um because we're all in going through quite testing times at the minute and i I, you know i don't think it matters what what branch of the world you come from at the minute you know we're all going through a similar thing um i mean now is probably a, a good time to be in the forces over here because they're getting heavily involved with like delivering supplies much needed supplies to hospitals and aid stations and you know, oxygen and uh, PPE for yeah. medical staff and stuff like that, you know, so they're all really busy, like, and, and making a difference in that. And it's, they're, they're helping out. Whereas like majority of the countries having to stay inside and wash their hands. Yeah. Um,
0: Are you finding an upswing in um, recruitment right now? Because I heard the other day we've got an upswing because it's a guaranteed income and something to do.
1: Um, I haven't actually had a look at it, but I have seen, um, a few people whose businesses have obviously just gone un- gone under overnight. Uh, like one friend who ran a gym, obviously they had to shut. So he went from like 145 members to zero in about four days. Yeah. Um, and he was, and he, and it's in an area in, in London, which is really expensive. Um, uh, so he's, he's, he's applied to rejoin the army. So, uh, there's, there's, a, there's quite a few people rejoin him because of everything that's going on. Um, what that number is, I don't know, I, it might be worth it. It'd be good interest to have a look actually, but, um, I think from what people, I think the best way people can deal with this whole thing, uh, is make, uh, make routine your friend. So every, you know, we all, majority of people have like work, you know, jobs, after school clubs, you know, sports, everything else like that. I think by making routine your friends in the time that you're at home is one of the best ways to get through stuff, because if you spend this, the same t- if you spend all day sat in the same room and your PJs on your Xbox, um, you're, you're going to get very, very quickly against that like demotivated downward spiral, um, rather than actually utilizing the time. to almost almost reinvent yourself and it's that's one thing i've been covering a lot on on podcasts uh for this present moment in time is using the opportunity to reinvent yourself you know we've i I don't know an uh, an opportunity like this in my lifetime where you know we've suddenly been given this time to get on with things and you know achieve things that we never couldn't really do before
0: um
1: i still think making you know getting things done priority lists first is important. So if you're um, like, say for example, a podcast, for example, if you want to take your podcast into, you know, a certain chart or something like that, and you want it to progress, um, you know, can I work on getting that catchy intro music done? Can I uh, spend an well, I'm gonna spend this hour of this day uh, networking with all these different people who yep. are like got awesome awesome podcasts you know and just adding those areas to your day for personal growth that you wouldn't have had time for previously oh. you know this this all of us have got this opportunity here to oh, absolutely li- literally grab by the balls you know and just uh and make the most of
0: yeah and i'm finding that as well and like you said about routine everything now seems to be amplified through my children so if on the days where they don't have anything to do, I haven't, they don't have a structure, nothing, they get bored really easily and then they annoy me, which means I get annoyed with them. <laughs> <laughs> and then mummy's no fun for anybody. But on the days where they set the structure and it's similar every day, and yes, David Attenborough is our science teacher in the afternoons, we watch a Netflix documentary on something, but just knowing that there is that sense of anticipation that I think when you have nothing to do and no plans and no routine, you don't have that sense of anticipation. Whereas at the moment I can go, no, 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 at three o'clock, we're going to bake a cake or at three o'clock, we're going to watch a documentary or we're going to go back out in the garden. They're learning to weed, which I'm quite loving. Mm. Um, But if you don't have that routine, then you don't get that sense of anticipation and structure and achievement that I mean, like I said, they're seven and nine. They're they're itching for that, but they want my attention at the same time. Mm. So it's trying to find that that balance. So they know they can have my attention, basically a lot of the time. But if I'm working, they've got things to do. It's that sense of them being self-managers and responsible. Um, but yeah, if the, if I just leave them to their own devices, they'll annoy me for a bit. They and then they'll go play Lego, and then they'll come back and annoy me again. So is there anything else that you, I mean, you've said routine. What else do you sort of use from your military days in your coaching at the moment? What else can we sort of learn, whether it's in this strange, apocalyptic world we live in at the moment, or how can we use and how do you use your, I guess, military skills and um, talents in this muggle world that we live in?
1: again, obviously like the whole routine thing's quite important. Um and I think I, th- I think you have gotta like use this opportunity to goal set. Um yep. people think it's just a cliche sometimes, like, oh, you know, what do I want to goal set for? Um I think if you goal set, write them down and you, you see them all the time and you keep telling yourself them, um, that you got a hell of a lot more chance of achieving them. And, you know, I'm a big believer in setting your setting your goals so high that you you you've got no choice but to become the person to achieve them, do you know what I mean yeah um otherwise in your current state you probably won't yeah. so um I think that's a key thing to do like utilize this time to really have a think about what you want to achieve i mean it, yes, it's quite uncertain times we don't know how long it's gone for, and i you know I genuinely don't don't believe that. Uh, the world will be the same after this. I think we'll do things differently. Um, Hopefully people's attitudes towards life will change. I think the worst thing you can do is wish every day away because um, life is a gift and, you know, I can wholeheartedly say that from the bottom of my heart, you know, having witnessed horrendous things in, afghanistan my my best friend took his own life two and a half years ago um you know and if you've got any appreciation for life you're you'll utilize this time to really appreciate what we do have and the fact that countries like ours you know we we're so lucky you know we've got we've got everything we we wanted i mean i i went to sierra leone in january and uh i went there and i helped like several hundred um, amputees and rape victims from the Civil War there, nice. um, and it was a horrendous period in time for the people there. It was just the most barbaric uh, atrocities you've ever seen or can can imagine. Um, and I speak to these people on a daily basis through WhatsApp in the little villages and that, and they've been put on a, a national state of emergency for a minimum of a year, <gasps> uh, and they don't get anything. Like they've got they don't have, majority of them don't have electricity. So they live in their little shanty huts and stuff like that. Um, and they, uh, you know, this times like this, are very, very hard for them. So, you know, if our kids or family and stuff like that, sit there and whinge about being bored and stuff, um, mm-hmm. imagine what life's like without Netflix, Disney and wifi, yeah. um, Xbox, FIFA, you know, okay. even, having a garden really to be able yeah. to do exercise in. um it's, it's uh it, it's it's not great um so i try i, I send them a little little daily dose of uh, inspiration every day um little video messages and that saying that uh that, you know to get them to you know try and keep their chins up and stuff yeah um and i'll i'll be back over there as soon as i can obviously uh when uh, you know when we're physically allowed so yeah. we're, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to be going every year with oh, people wow. that want that want to come with me and make a difference um so yeah like we've got a, a school that's half built over there that's uh going to get finished now which is amazing in the village so yeah and I mean I'm not saying that you know everyone could do that but I'm just saying you utilize an opportunity like this to like massively hone in on your personal development yeah. Um, because I'll tell you what, you can come out the other side and there's going to be a huge goal from difference. There's going to be those that have utilized the time well yeah. and have leveraged this time that we've got. And there's yeah. going to be those that are like just gone into pure lazy mode and have just like completely and utterly let their life like wither away. Yeah. and, uh, and then become suppressively negative. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I think as well, one of the things that you said before, especially in terms of uh, when you were in the military, is that sense of camaraderie. And I think that's a huge opportunity at the moment for people to really tap into is to contact those friends. And it really doesn't matter where in the world they are at the moment, is to contact those friends, to build those networks, to check in with people, to listen when they speak, to build those teams around you. But also, mm. there are so many gorgeous, wonderful people at the end of helplines. Yeah, yeah, of course. That if anything is coming up for you, whether you're home by yourself or whether you're with people, I mean, there's even texting lines now if you don't want to make a phone call with your family within earshot. Mm. it's There's so much opportunity at the moment to get connected, to find your people, to talk to people who are... Their sole purpose is to listen. And I mean, my objective is to teach people how to listen. And so if people do reach out, you can use the right words to make them feel connected and loved and um, valued Mm. and all those sorts of things. Because like you said, the worst thing is reaching out and have somebody go, oh, you should just talk to your doctor. Mm. So it's playing with that language, but looking at all those opportunities at the moment, and being proactive, like you said, and taking control about seeking out those opportunities for connection and teamwork and camaraderie Mm. and help and support. Because like you said, and like we're all saying, we're all in this together. Nobody's going to judge you if you feel overwhelmed by this. If you're already having a crap time of it and this is just topped off your 2020, like, and it's only March the 97th. Like, yeah. So it's, it's like you said, using this time for personal development, but also to build that team and check in and practice your empathy and practice your listening skills and non. Well, I think, skills. Uh,
1: yeah, I think practicing. I think practicing your gratitude is another really poignant thing to do at this time as well. Because, like going back to what I was saying, like the things that we have at our disposal. Um, you know, there's there's never been a time in our lives when you can connect with. Anybody you want, and at the start of January, I was asking everybody in like my Facebook groups and on LinkedIn, and uh, even on my podcast and stuff, like, what's your one big word for 2020? Um, Like, share your answers with me. And uh, I said from the start, and I still say it now, my one big word is connections. And from literally the first of January till like now, the level of connections I've made has like grown massively. That's fantastic. Um, so I use Sierra, I use my social media in Sierra Leone, for example, to uh, like, like leverage my followings and connections and stuff to show them what life was like there for people and how easy we've got it. Yeah. Um. And as as a result, the connections I was making were phenomenal. So people were inboxing me saying, "You know, oh, how do I get in touch? Uh, I'd love to get you on the podcast to talk about your trip and yeah. how we can help." And you know, now I've got people that have construction companies and pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that that want to get involved. So it's um we, we, ne- like I said, never in any time has there been an opportunity to connect with anybody you want in the world who are yeah. doing something that you want to do already or, you know, have already done it um, that you can seek advice from, uh, get some form of mentoring from, you know, reaching out, getting involved in, in groups of like-minded people, creating an inner circle of like-minded people, which is again, another really important thing to do is surrounding yourself with influential people. Um, people who want to see you win, people who want to lift you up, oh, absolutely. you know, you cut, cut negativity out of your life. Um, you know, if you've got negative friends and family, you know, just like take a step back and reach out to people that are a lot more positively influential and, you know, that, that want to see you see you rise and see your, see so you do well, not see you fail. Um, and that's a lot of what people's problems are. They're worried about what people will think about them if they do this or they do that, or they want to see people, people want to see them fail. No.
0: Um,
1: people want to see you but, try. But, yeah. The, the, the more you can authentically be yourself, um, the, the easier the ride is because you know, you won't care what people think or say, um, you know, which is a whole other sort of conversation in itself uh, about low self esteem and stuff, you know, but, um, that, 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 that's, that's my best bit of advice is like to re- utilize your time that you have because yeah. you know, we, we all know it's the most expensive, expensive currency in the world, isn't it?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's that, that ability at the moment to sort of take a step back, take stock and go, what is genuinely important right now? And I tell you what, not a lot of people, I mean, yeah, not a lot of people are, are going out and buying expensive stuff right now. AJ Roberts, where can people find you? Because we met on LinkedIn. Um, where yep. can people find you so that they can follow you and see what you're doing?
1: Um, well, I'm on pretty much every platform. Uh, <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, where I spend a lot of time. Uh, Instagram <clears throat> um, and TikTok. Okay. Yeah um and uh all of those i am at mr aj roberts and um, my uh, podcast is called the best version of you and um again my podcast is on facebook twitter and instagram uh and you can find like all my stuff that everything i do coaching speaking uh my charity stuff uh all my podcast episodes all on my website which is uh www.mrajroberts.com
0: thank you so much for today uh, that was fantastic I really really enjoyed that conversation um,
1: that my pleasure
0: thank you so much you stay safe you stay well and um, yeah I might, I might talk, think about doing a podcast with your wife about partners <laughs> people in the military um, you have a wonderful day stay inside stay safe give your kids a hug thanks you AJ
1: see ya bye